we're the last last part of this series on who are the real Israelites. The last major interpretation of the name Israel. Right? We, we said in the beginning that God is a God of ethics, not ethnics. Right? We're not talking about an ethnic-centered God. We're talking about an ethic-centered God. So if you're going to be an Israelite, it's less about where you're from, what your heritage is, and it's more about how you conduct yourself. So in the first part, we said you got to wrestle with God. You have to actively participate in a relationship with God. There has to be tension there because all relationships have some sort of tension. Because it's not love if, if there's no fight. So you got to wrestle with God in two ways. When you have to wrestle your nature, your flesh, your will with the will of God, with the principles of God. And then you also must become God's agent and wrestle alongside God as he wrestles the world. Right? We must go out and confront the evil of the world with God. Which means we got to be more public. There's, there's, not a private, there's not a privacy there when it comes to that relationship. That relationship must be made public. There must be public displays of affection, and we do that by wrestling the world, the evil of the world, the injustice of the world, attempting to write that alongside God. Then we got to the second major definition of what it means to be an Israelite, and that was God governing. God doesn't rule your life, you're not an Israelite, plain and simple. Right? We're taking it away from this heritage, this bloodline, and saying, how much have you submitted your life to God? How much of your life is governed by God? And we say, that made people feel good. And you say, we don't feel, we obey. If you are not obedient to God, and God doesn't govern your life, so you are not an Israelite. And so, but the last one, people rarely ever get the last major interpretation of Israel. Right? And, and, and it kind of shows because people do not let God govern their life, they miss the benefits of that. And so one of the one of the interpretations of the name Israel which has a lot of interpretation, but I'm just choosing these three, is God turns his head. And at first, I thought that was a very strange interpretation of the name Israel. What does it mean, God turns his head? And, and as I begin to read more about it, it began to make more sense. And, and it it kind of takes the previous two names together in this in this beautiful harmony, right? Because remember, we said there's got to be tension. Got to let God govern your life, right? And in the context of God turns His head, is supposed to be read as the context of 
a father turning his head when the child calls for him. Right? You ever seen a child walking around and the child can call for mommy or daddy and you know whose child it is by the quickness in which they turn their head around to find their child and to supply their needs. If you don't have evidence of God providing for you in that way, because you haven't done the first two names, the first two sets of the code of ethics, you were not an Israelite. Because this is the personal relationship that you have. So if there's no tension there, why would God turn his head when you call? If you've not submitted to the covenant that comes with letting God govern your life, when you need something and you call out to God, why would he turn his head? See, it speaks to this level of intimacy that a parent has with their child. Right? How many times has God come through for you that you know of, that, you, that you've gone to God with a situation and then it somehow resolves itself because God turns his head when you let God govern your life. Once you've established that you're in this, in this relationship by the amount that you're willing to wrestle with God in opposition, wrestling your will, your flesh, but then also going out and into the world and wrestling with the injustice of the world, wrestling with the evils of the world alongside God. Once you do that, then when you're in distress and you call out to your father, your heavenly father, turns his head. He's ready and willing. There's a level of attention that's, that's implied with it. A level of acuteness that says, mm. when my child calls me, I know exactly what they want in this moment and I'm ready and willing to give it to them. See, that's the fruit of the first two relationships. The first two codes, the first two sets of codes of being an Israelite of wrestling with God and allowing God to govern your life. The benefits of that is the creator of the world, when you ask for something, will stop. Turn his head towards you and be ready and willing to supply whatever it is that you need. How many people don't get there because they miss out on the first two? They look at the governing not as protection, not as freedom but as a set of rules as legalism I don't want God to govern my life because it's too legalistic look at all these rules I have to follow I don't want to follow these rules or they don't want to wrestle with God and maybe they're too ashamed of their their inner demons to put, put forth Maybe they don't feel deserving of what God has blessed them with. So they, they don't. Maybe they, they, they're too prideful of 
what they want to do in life and they don't submit it. Or they're too private and they're too, they lack, they lack the courage to go out into the world and profess and defend and confront the evils of the world alongside God. So you, you miss out on the intimacy of the father and the child because you, you won't wrestle and you won't submit yourself and let God govern your life. All of that encompasses, again, there are many more interpretations of what it means to be an Israelite from the definition of the name Israel. But if you take those three, you have the, the initial wrestling that builds the relationship, the submittance that solidifies, and then the intimacy that rewards. See, so how can, again, when we say you can't steal a divine gift, how can you say that there's a group of people who are the quote-unquote real Israelites, but they lack, they lack the culture that's on a biblical foundation. They're all about expressing themselves and doing what they want to do, not what God wants to do. So they don't really wrestle with God. They don't let God govern their life. So when they call out, God doesn't really answer. But yeah, those people are the Israelites. They're the real Israelites. I said, man, if they were the real Israelites and God turns his head, you wouldn't have turned his head when they were still in your birthright, quote unquote. So, hopefully, by 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 this short blackout clip series, you now understood that anybody can be an Israelite. Being an Israelite is not a black Hebrew Israelite versus the people of Israel. An Israelite, anybody who is willing to wrestle with God in both connotations of the word wrestle with, that is willing to let God govern their lives and who calls out to God in a childlike fashion as a child calls out to their, their parent in terms of distress and receives the rewards of what happens when God turns his head towards you. Anybody can be an Israelite. It's about your ethics, not your heritage. So anybody that wants to be an Israelite, get to know God, follow his commands, and watch God show up for you in ways that you wouldn't imagine. Because that's what he does for his children, Israelites.